Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. If you want to hear more than just this highlight from the program, become a Coast Insider. And you can listen to the full episode, plus recent shows covering the mysterious death of Kurt Cobain, the possibility that government may soon reveal the truth about UFOs, and the power of witchcraft as told by an actual practicing witch. Start listening now by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Can you imagine what it was like for those three astronauts to see the far side of the moon? Uh, oh, God. Everything about it was, was amazing and spectacular. And the words they said, uh, you know, the danger of this mission must be emphasized. Um, before they launched, this mission was going without the lunar module. It wasn't ready in time. And we had already lost the three astronauts in Apollo 1. Before that. That's right. You had a failure before that only two years early, a year and a half. Plus, on top of that, the Saturn V rocket had never carried human beings before. There had been two test unmanned launches, one of which had problems. Um, And that was actually the last launch of the Saturn V. So this was the third launch after the second had problems. Never put people on it. Um, They they did not have the lunar module. Now, the whole plan was they would never leave Earth orbit without the lunar module because that acts as a lifeboat backup. It's Mm -hmm. a redundancy. If something goes wrong with the Apollo capsule and service module, you've got the lunar module. Isn't that what saved them in Apollo 13? Exactly right. What happened in Apollo 13, they used the lunar module to become alive. And, you know, Jim Lovell was on that mission as well. He was on both of them. Oh, that's right. If that had happened on Apollo 8, he and the crew would have been dead in about... Uh, within an hour. Yes. Within an hour. So they were making a ch- they were taking an enormous chance. And in fact, the, the wife of Frank Borman did not think they were going to come back alive. Was very very concerned. She didn't want to say no to the mission. She knew the importance of it politically uh, for his career for any number of reasons. But she she was really scared. And so Frank Frank Borman asked. Chris Kraft, who was head of the Manned Space Center, uh, Space Flight Center in in Houston, to talk to her. They were friends, and he tried to reassure her by telling her that they think the odds are as good as 50-50. So they launched this mission thinking the odds were 50-50. That they were going to make it. And they, that they were going to make it. That's correct. Now, those and aren't good odds, you, I'll tell that you. That gives you the idea. So now that moment in time you mentioned before about Jim Lovell saying uh, there is a Santa Claus. Yeah. What happened is they went when they were in orbit around the moon, they had a single engine uh, that in the service module that would get them out of orbit. If that engine failed, there was no redundancy to it. And they went behind the moon after 20 hours in lunar orbit, reading from the Bible, giving us a description of the far side, how strange it looked. They went behind the moon, and they were going to fire that engine. No one would know if it worked until they came around on the other side. They were out of touch with everybody. And the first words we heard were Jim Lovell saying, <laughs> there is a Santa Claus, telling us, telling his family, his wife, his, his kids, everybody, that they're going to come home. Um, Some people thought he meant that they saw a UFO back there. <laughs> no, no, that was not what he meant. And everybody in the crew knew, exa- and the families on the be- at home knew exactly what he meant. You know, you mentioned that all three men are still alive. Amazingly, all three are still married to their high school sweethearts. Isn't that something? Yes, it is. They're going to have a reunion. In fact, about two weeks, I'm going. And are I'm you? Can, would you try to tape them? Can you? No, I won't be able to tape. You them. can't interview them. No, I mean I'll talk to them, but I'm not going to have a chance to do that. Kind of stuff. That's not the point. Well, a- ask them this: if they would pop on the show with you at a uh, selected date, uh, I can ask, but I can tell you that's unlikely to happen. Why? I, I wish it could. Uh, they are 
First of all, they're getting old. And second of all, this is the 50th anniversary this year, this mission. Their time is very precious to them right now. But, yes, I, I'm not saying no. It never hurts. I'm just, I don't want to get your hopes up. That's it. All right. You know? We, we, we won't with, promote with, it with yet. With the Apollo, with the, the uh, 50th anniversary and the release of the audiobook of Genesis, Star of Apollo 8, we, uh, it's been, we want their help, and they want to give it. But they have only so much time to give, and they've given some, and that's been very great, appreciated, but they only have so much time. Yeah, that's true. But it is amazing. 85, 90, and 90. Yeah, I mean, you know, these guys. And Aldrin's going strong. Oh, yeah, you know, bless their hearts, as best I can say. I mean, it's an amazing thing. They, They did something great, and they've stood the test of time over time. And we're going to, unfortunately, you know, those great people are going step by step. And the great tragedy is we're not back yet. Uh, They they would have never imagined in 1968 that 50 years would pass and we would not have been back. Can you imagine, Robert, if we continued to have gone back to the moon after 50 years, (laughs) what would it be like right now technologically on the moon? Would we have bases, cities? What would we have? Well, it all 50 comes years down later. To, it all comes down to how you do it. And if you, the way we've been trying to do it for the last half century, it didn't happen. And that's why not much would have gotten happened if, because we didn't continue. We, we, we went the wrong route in the last 50 years. What is beginning to happen now is exactly the right route. And imagining right now what's going on with rockets and private companies and the competition to do better yep. at lower cost, 50 years from now, we're going to have multiple bases on the moon. We're going to have a thriving, thriving uh, spacefaring uh, uh, community. We're going to have a space tell us, uh, uh, a hotel up there. Oh, without question. There'll be hotels in orbit. There'll be hotels there. There's no question that's going to be happening. You will. You'll have to have the money, but you will be able to buy a ticket to go to the moon. In 50 years, I have no doubt about that. I wonder how Not long it would all. take Domino's to get you a pizza up there. Well, they'd probably have a pizza joint on the moon. You know, That's why should they probably. have to deliver it from Earth? You know, it's a safe. That's safe. not a bad franchise. Yeah, every know. major chain, fast food chain, major hotel is going to want to get their hotel established once these this gets going. And if it's done by private companies competing for profit, they're going to want them in. And Four seasons on the moon thrown in to do it. Be fantastic. Yeah, now be with Apollo Eight. After the mission was accomplished and they came home, we went through 9, 10, and then, of course, 11 landed on the moon. What was it like? What happened in between? Well, for these three men, the world had in many ways changed for them because they were now incredibly uh, famous. And wasn't Lovell and Borman, weren't they partnered in Gemini? Well, no. That, uh, Jim Lovell and Frank Borman had had been partnered on the Gemini 7 mission. They spent two weeks on, right. in a capsule. That was back uh, four years or, or three years earlier. Um, but after this, Frank Borman already decided this would be his last space mission. Bill Andes thought he might fly, but he wasn't interested in flying uh, uh, unless he could land on the moon, and there weren't going to be any moon lunar landings for him. There were just weren't enough flights left, so he decided to leave the program. He got he he got positions of importance within the Nixon administration, and then he moved on to become 
um, uh, the CEO of General Dynamics during a very important time to bring them major contracting business with the government. Jim Lovell, he, he wanted to fly again, and of course he went to Apollo 13, and after that mission, of course, the Apollo program was dying, going away, and he wasn't going to get another mission, so he moved on as well, do other things. Uh, they, they all were able to make big livings uh, in the corporate world. After yeah, Borman went to Eastern Airlines, didn't he? He, he? he ended up in charge of Eastern Airlines uh, and had a major, It was the, as he said in his own biography, it was the only battle he ever lost. He was trying to get that company back on its feet, but in order to do that, he had to fight the unions. The unions didn't want to fight, go along, and he lost that battle. The, the company went bankrupt. And it was the only battle he ever lost, he said. After that, he, he opened up a car dealership in Corpus Christi, which, as far as I know, is still there, still operating. Is that where he lives now? Uh, I think so, yes. Well, that's pretty dramatic. It, it, these guys did something that cannot be measured. Uh, and once again, that you know, Bill Anders says his wife was the real hero of the mission because when he got the call that they were going to try to go to the moon without the LEM, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, with a Saturn V that no human had ever flown on before, he said, and he knowing it was a 50-50 chance, he asked his wife, uh, Valerie, well, can I go? Because they had five small children on the age of 10. <sighs> and this, they didn't make a lot of money then. They were making what we considered an upper middle class, not even a very big upper class uh, salaries. And so if, she, if he died, she would be in real trouble. So he wasn't going to go if she said no. And she said unequivocally, you have to go. This is what you've been working for. It's important for the nation. Um, uh, and you're going to go. Uh, she ordered him to go, in a sense, and he considers her to be the real hero, and I agree. And all the wives were the real heroes because they, they were totally supportive, um, uh, knowing the risks, knowing the risks. It's interesting, Valerie Anders told me that the interesting thing is that she actually considered him being in the space program uh, a safer place to be as a military guy than in Vietnam at the time. And so she accepted the risks knowing that they actually had picked a safer job as an astronaut than being a jet pilot in, in, in a military operation in Vietnam. And I, you can see, I can see her perspective. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.